Can you name the four fishermen uh, who were the four disciples of Christ who were brothers? Who were they? It's not that hard. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not a trick question, right? Who are they? James and John and Andrew and Peter. Okay, you got it. You passed. You're in. You're in. Now you go to heaven because you made the yes, the hardest question of all. But it's James and John, Peter and Andrew. And Peter, that's not his real name. That's his nickname. What's his real name? Simon. And who gave him the nickname Peter? Jesus did. He actually called him Rocky. Uh, it, it actually, his name means a little rock. It means a little rock, uh, like a pebble. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just because when Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, he says, you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. When he said, you are Peter, he used the word Petra, which means a giant rock. And then he says, upon this, he says, you are Peter, which is the word for little rock, and upon this rock, which is the big rock, I will build my church. A lot of people think that God, that Jesus said, you are Peter, you're the rock, and I'm going to build my church on you. No. He said, you're the little rock, and I'm going to build my church on the big rock. So we think about Peter as the rock. And, and when we think about the rock, we see through the Bible, there are a lot of aspects of that. Uh, you, you remember he said about, about the man who built his house upon the what? Upon the rock, one built it on the sand, one built it upon the rock. Uh, Paul in Corinthians, he talks about the rock with, with, that, G, that, that, that Moses struck and the water came out. And what you don't understand, Paul actually says that the rock followed them in the wilderness. That's where the water would come out, okay? And, and so Paul talks about that uh, and that uh, he, he's our rock. This morning, we're going to see the relationship between Christ and the church, which he's the rock, and we're the building blocks. He's the cornerstone. So let me give you a little outline of, of what we're going to look at in the next couple of weeks. And is we're going to look called Christ is the stone or, or the cornerstone. And the church is the building and we're the building blocks. So we're going to talk about the description of the building this morning. I'm going to go to different places. And I'll try to go a little bit faster just so it kind of flows together. There's a lot there. But we're going to see Christ is the rock, the cornerstone. And the church is the building. And we're little stones. We'll talk about how that fits together. And then we'll get up to that this morning. We'll actually look at the cornerstone of Christ and the contrast of how God and men look at the cornerstone. And there's a decision to be made. You either see Jesus as the cornerstone or you see Jesus as the stumbling stone. And we'll talk more about that. And then we'll get to the part about the church and the building and the spiritual sacrifices and the growth and all that. So it'll take us a couple of lessons to go through this. So let's start with the description, the description that Christ is the stone, he's the rock, he's the cornerstone. So let's see this, Ephesians, and, and, and so we see that he's the cornerstone and the church, we're the, called the building blocks or the little stones, and that's how that fits together. So look at Ephesians two nineteen. He describes us, the believers. He says, so you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints, and you are God's what? Household. He calls us a house. He says, we're no longer unbelievers, but we're God's household. And he's really saying a building. He's using example of a building. And so believers are the building. So in this, remember earlier, we were the body, and then we were the branches. Now we're the building. And so he's going to talk more about that because instead of saying body and head, he's going to say building and foundation. 
And he's going to talk about the foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Notice, having been built, we're talking about us, having been built on the foundation, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And so we realize that the foundation is the cornerstone. The apostles and prophets are, are, are part of that. They're the authority. They came first. They're the, uh, the foundation that was established. But Christ is the cornerstone, the chief stone, the most important one. Let me just remind you that my, my understanding was that when they built a lot of things in those days, they would take what they considered the most important stone. They called it the cornerstone. It was the one they put down, and they built everything else off of that. And so he says, Paul says, that Jesus is the foundation, the foundation is the apostles, the prophets, and Christ himself who is the cornerstone. The entire building is fit together. Notice this, look what it says. In whom the whole building, who's the building? Who's the building? We are, we're the building, we're the church. The building, being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Now, I want you to understand something. We always talk about that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that true? Yeah, I guess that what? Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is in you? You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. But do you realize the church as a whole, this building, is a holy temple in the Lord? Where does the Lord dwell? In the holy temple, which is the church, the body. He deals in us individually, but he dwells in us corporately as the body of Christ. That's something that we don't think about very much. And sometimes we go, what? What are we talking about? The entire building being fitted together is the temple of the Lord. We become the holy temple. Now, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this verse up or just throw this. It says 1 Corinthians 3.16. Let me read this for you. You don't have to turn there. Just listen to this. And this might surprise you. He says, do you not know that you, plural, are a temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. In 1 Corinthians 3, he's not saying your body is the temple of God. He's talking about we as the church as a whole are the temple of God. That's why the next verse goes on to say, and if anyone tries to destroy the temple, God will deal with them. He's saying if anybody's coming after the church, the body of Christ, God will deal with them. So we got to understand that in 1 Corinthians 3.16, we're the temple, the believers of the temple. We're not talking about an individual body there. We're talking about all the building blocks put together to make the holy temple. So Christ is the cornerstone. He's the rock. Believers are the building. We are the temple. So in our minds, we can start saying, all right, I know that individually the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I know that because the Bible tells me that. But I also now realize that Us as a corporate body, the believers, the church, the Holy Spirit also indwells there. And that's the temple of God. And who is the foundation? Apostles, prophets, Christ being the what? Cornerstone. So he is the foundation. I just Paul threw in the apostles and the prophets as well. And so we see this. Christ is the cornerstone. Now, uh, he's not, as I said, he's not talking about individual believers there. He says, being built together is the dwelling place of God in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. I want you to understand those passages aren't talking about individual. They're talking about the body of Christ. They're talking about us. That's why we're saying that he's the foundation, he's the cornerstone, and we are the blocks. We're the building blocks. Building blocks. So we're built together as the dwelling place of God. We're the dwelling place. Both Old Testament and New Testament talk about a temple. Have you realized that? Um, So here is uh, the tabernacle. They built this in the wilderness. 
And it's the place where God would dwell and, and be among the people. And then they came, and then, of course, they built the temple. And then it got destroyed, and they built a smaller temple. And then they built another temple, and it got destroyed. But that's when, even after that one had got destroyed, after, after the church began, we already knew that individual believers are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the church, the body of Christ, is the temple of God. And we don't always think about that. Did most of you, when you think of the temple, you're thinking your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit, but do you realize the church as a body is the temple of the Holy Spirit as well and the temple of God? And so he's, remember, Paul is not talking about individual believers, but the body of Christ as the temple of God. And so there's some, some really good things there. And, and I want you to notice how he does it. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, he says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, and then he changes it. You are God's what? Building. Paul calls the believers God's building. So we're God's building. And, and so in 1 Corinthians, and, and we all know these verses, and so we don't have to turn there. If you want to, you can to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But he says this, well, we're God's, uh, we're God's fellow workers. We're God's field. Uh, we're God's building. And then he says this, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is hot. It's Jesus Christ. Christ is the foundation, the cornerstone. Now, in another place, Paul says the apostles and the prophets are also the foundation, and they are. And the foundation of the, of the church, the body of Christ, started with apostles and prophets, and then the stones are being built upon each other, and the foundation for the building of the stones is Jesus Christ. So he's using this analogy, and there's so much there, because you could, we could stop and say, okay, well, that, that, that's enough. Right? I mean, he's the head, we're the body. He's the vine, we're the branches. He's the cornerstone, <coughs> and we're the little stones being built up. But there's a lot more to this. <coughs> and I want to show you. And so Christ is the cornerstone, believers are the building, the temple. And the idea here <coughs> is that we're growing. The blocks of the temple being added. We're going to see that in Peter. In First Peter, we're going to see how he adds that. The church is described as the building, the temple being uh, added to. So we've seen this description, Christ the rock, the church the building blocks. Let's stop for a second, and let's look at the cornerstone himself. That's Jesus. And I'm going to just not go into a lot of detail this morning, uh, just, but next week we'll have a little bit more detail about the cornerstone. But the cornerstone, first of all, is Christ is the foundation. That's why Paul says, no other foundation can you make than which is Christ Jesus. He also says the foundation is the apostles and prophets and Christ being the chief cornerstone. So he is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. He is the most important stone in this building. So he's talking about, and it's just kind of a, a unique thing, that there is a cornerstone and then all the building blocks, and that becomes the temple of God, and the temple of God really is the church, which each each individual has God dwelling in them, but the church as a whole has God dwelling in them. That's why the gates of hell will never prevail, because it's God. This is God's temple. And see, we always say, uh, okay, Solomon built a temple, and, and then they, uh, Zerubbabel built a temple, and then, they built, and, and then Herod came and built the temple, and then we say, where's the temple today? And we all say, the temple's our body. But the truth is, the temple's our body, but the truth is, the temple is what, too? It's the church, the body of Christ. It all fits together. 
Sometimes the Bible is just, is just so amazing. Now, the cornerstone is the most important stone in the building. So when you start thinking about the building, you have to say, okay, what's the most important thing? That's Jesus. Well, here's something that we not always think about. The Old Testament predicted that Christ would be rejected. You know that. It's talked about that many places. Look at this. This is Psalm 118, verse 22 says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now let's stop for just a second and realize, okay? Who is the stone that the builders rejected? Who is it? It's Jesus, okay? Because he, who, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, right? So who, who is the chief cornerstone? Jesus. So he's the one that the builders rejected. Well, here's the question then. Who are the builders? Who are the builders? Huh? Well, you, you, okay, good, good idea. Because look at this, John 1.11. He came into his own and his own what? Did not receive. When he came to the nation of Israel, which you might say these are the builders. It's, it's uh, using this analogy that the nation of Israel is going to take the Messiah and he's going to be the, the foundation for everything and, the, and then they're going to build everything up. And when he came, they rejected him. He was rejected. In fact, what, what we're going to see when we go to First Peter is this stone, which is the keystone, was tossed aside and became a stumbling stone. Okay? Right? Because Paul talks about for the Jews, he's a stumbling stone. And we'll see it. He came into his, the nation of Israel, missed him. They were looking for something else. Uh, you know, I, I, I do. I, I just did that study in um, in uh, an SBI on I called it Jesus and His World, and we talked about the coming of Christ and what the world was like then with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Herodians and the Zealots and and all the the scribes and all of those different things. And here was the religious people in Israel who were would be the ones that would know the Scripture enough to say, here is the Messiah. And they're the ones that missed him. And, and uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but when, when Caiaphas, he said something like, the average people out there, they don't know anything. And, and that's what he said. And the truth is, they didn't really know very much because they didn't have Scripture like we have. They didn't all have copies of Scripture. They could go to the synagogues and stuff, but they weren't learned people. That's why when Jesus would quote things, they would say, how does this man have such learning since he's never gone to school? And, and, and so, well, Jesus wrote it. That's one reason that he had a lot of learning. And so in, and when we get to this thing, Christ is the cornerstone who was rejected by the world and his own people. So I want you to see something. I want you to see the response to the cornerstone, and I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll, just, we'll get into this just a little bit this morning, and then we'll get into it a lot more detail next week. 1 Peter chapter 2. So keep turning in your Bibles and get back to Hebrews and James and 1 Peter and get to 1 Peter chapter 2. <clears throat> I love how chapter 2 begins. He says, as newborn babes do what? Desire the sincere miracle of the word that you may grow by it in respect to, what does it say? Anybody know? First Peter 2, what does it say? Verse uh, Peter 2, 2, like newborn babes longing for the pure milk of the word so that you may grow in respect to salvation. Does he mean that you're going to get more and more saved? Well, if we're talking about justification uh, salvation, no. If we're talking about sanctification salvation, the answer is yes. 
you all understand we're saved three times. Justification, sanctification, glorification. We have been saved. We are being saved. We will be saved. Justification, salvation is eternal life. We're saved and saved forever. Sanctification, uh, salvation is the Christian life. We're growing to be more and more like Christ. So we are being saved, saved from the power of sin. And then glorification is, 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 you know, the future salvation in which he comes and gets us and we're with him forever. A lot of people have never heard that. We've taught it a lot of different times. The new study that I'm teaching Second semester, uh, which is I'm called 12 Biblical Truths That All Christians Must Understand. That's going to be part of it. So if you're interested in that, be sure and take that class. It's going to be a lot of good stuff in there. So he says, as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow in respect to salvation. We're talking about Christian life salvation, that you may grow as a believer. And then look at verse 4. And coming to him, who is the him? By the way, look at verse 3. If you have tasted the kindness of the what? Anybody see verse 3? Are y'all looking or are you just looking at me? Don't look at me. I'm not. Uh, uh, uh. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, okay, and then look at the next verse. And coming to him, who, who's him? The Lord. So in the flow of the passage, you've tasted the kindness of the Lord and coming to him as to a what? Living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice in the precious in the sight of God. Now, as we look at 1 Peter uh, there's a contrast here in First Peter four, First uh, Peter two four. He says to him, Jesus Christ, he's called the living stone. Now, in a little bit further, the passage he's going to be called the cornerstone. In fact, let me just read that for you for a second. It says, "And coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but as choice and precious in the sight of God, you also talking about us as living stones with the little blocks. We're being built up as a what?" A spiritual house, that's the temple, for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. We are the temple, and we get to offer what? Sacrifices. When was the last sacrifice you offered? We offer them all the time. We'll talk about it. And then what he says, for this is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious what? cornerstone. There he is. And whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. So I want to show you this and then we'll, we'll, we'll stop and go to grow group in a second. But look at this. In contrast to God and to men. To men he was rejected. Notice what it says. And coming to him rejected by men. Rejected by men. Tossed away at the builder. Looked at the stone and tossed it away. But this is amazing. This is the chief stone. This is the one that the whole building is supposed to be built on. And the nation of Israel, religious leaders in the other way, they took the stone and tossed it away. And it became a stumbling stone. But, but to God, notice what it says, uh, rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. To God, he's choice, he's special, he's the Messiah, he's the anointed one of God, he's the word, he's the Messiah, he's chosen before the foundation of the world that he come to die and to pay for sin. He is the cornerstone. So when you look at the contrast, you'd say when he came into his own, his own received it not. When he came into the world, the world didn't really know him. When he did all this, it says that the world basically rejected this cornerstone and he became a stumbling stone. They just threw him out. While God says, wait a minute, this one is precious. This one, it says, is choice and precious in the sight of God. Chosen before the foundation to die. And what do we see? Before men rejected, before God, choice and precious. And it's a truth for every person. You've got to make a decision. Is Christ, look at this, is Christ the cornerstone 
or see the stumbling stone. Listen to this. I want to read this for you. Verse, this is verse 6 of 1 Peter 2. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a, corner, a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. So here's the cornerstone. And he who believes in him will never be disappointed. This precious value then is for those who believe. But watch this. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of what? Stumbling. You understand that when we talk to anybody about Jesus, now we're, we're looking at the analogy that here's the temple of God. We're it. The cornerstone's Jesus. The foundation's the apostles and prophets. He's the cornerstone. We're the blocks being built up as people trust Christ. The temple's being built up. We actually get to offer sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices. We'll talk about it more next week. And yet what they're saying is when this cornerstone came to the world, the world threw him out and rejected him. And the people that accepted him, he's the choice cornerstone and they'll never be disappointed. But those who rejected him, he's become the what? The stumbling stone. And notice what this verse says. Verse 8, and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, for they stumble because they were disobedient to the word and to this doom they were appointed. They, they were disobedient. What was the offer? What is the will of God? That you would believe in him who he sent. And they were disobedient and they stumble over the stone. It is amazing. I, I talk to people who reject Christ. You know, you talk to them and it's like they're blind. It's like they don't care. I've had a lot of opportunities to talk with Jewish people over my, over, when I was coaching at Mississippi State, I had a good friend that was a Jewish guy that was a, a jeweler. I had another good friend that actually fought in the, the 73 and the 67 wars and he was at Mississippi State and I used to talk to him. And what's so amazing is when you start talking about Jesus Christ, they, they shut the door right then. And what is amazing, I went over to this guy's house. His name was Abishai ben Porai, which means son of the fruitful vine. That's what his name meant. He fought in the 67 and the 73 wars for Israel. And he was a pilot. And we'd be there. And his wife, she was really open. She's Jewish too, but she was open. And he, he wasn't as open. And she would ask me Bible questions. And as soon as I started, he would pick up the paper and put it like this. But I knew he was listening. He was listening behind. But they, 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 in their mind, he, Jesus is a stumbling stone. You, you can't come to Jesus because he's the God of the Gentiles. Because they've been taught that you can't believe in Jesus because he's really not a Jewish one. He's not a Jewish Messiah. He's a Gentile Messiah. And they just miss him. And they stumble over him. And so we'll see more on that next week. Let me give you some applications. Let's see the picture of Christ as the cornerstone and believers as the building block. So that's who we are. And Jesus is the rock. He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation with the apostles and the prophets. And we're the building blocks and the temple. So it's pretty amazing when you think about it. And then the, here's the second thing. Let's understand how believers are the temple of God. First of all, individually, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what do you not know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you. So the Bible actually says the Holy Spirit indwells in us. So our body, individual body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, the corporate body, the church, is the temple of God because that's what he says. And, and Christ is the cornerstone, and we're the building blocks. And what we're going to see in the next week or two is what sacrifices do we offer? How does this fit together? What, what is our role? Because uh, it says we're building, we're a holy priesthood, 
and we're building up this spiritual temple, what are we supposed to do? And, and most of the time, I mean, we don't normally teach on People don't normally teach on this, right? I mean, when was the last time you heard this? Or have you ever heard this? So we're going we're gonna to see it as we go through it. Um, number three, let's understand that Jesus, the cornerstone, is rejected by men, but precious to God. Came into his own, his own did not receive him. Watch this. He came into his own, but he was rejected. But the, he was beloved son to the Father. 